As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. An opportunity to disappoint him for our fans. Uh, Dak will be out for a little while, and so uh, uh, we'll be dealing with that as well, so... uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and a really uh, a surprising night. Hello, Cowboys Nation. I want to start off this week's episode taking a deep breath. It can be easy to overreact to things in week one, but we want you to know we're going to get through it together on About Them Cowboys. So welcome in. We've got two people on the scene at AT&T Stadium. From the uh, Kay Adams show and The Athletic, <laughs> it's John Mishota. <laughs> From The Athletic, your stars and Cowboys beat writer, Saad Youssef, and covering the Cowboys live at 11.20 p.m., your host with the most, Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT. Welcome in. Well, that didn't go well, guys. Um, and then uh, and, and just when you thought it wasn't going well, it took a really nasty turn, and this season is already in peril on opening night. It John, is. You know what it reminds me of, KT, is that scene in Step Brothers where the where the bunk beds fall, and John C. Riley's like, "Oh my god, it's it's so bad, it's so bad." That's what this that's what this reminds me of. I don't honestly like Jerry was asked after the game if this is the worst season opener he's seen, and and he pointed to like their very, his very first one in '89. So when they lost to, I think they got blown out by the by the Saints. So he put that up there as as I think he technically said that that was worse. But there's no question that he was thinking that this is in that same ballpark. I mean, this is it was bad enough that they couldn't score and they were making the the Bucks look like the '85 Bears. It's another to then lose Dak for. I, we don't even know how many weeks yet, but he he clearly needs surgery on his thumb, so it's not like he's going to be back anytime soon. So, I mean, I would think at least a month minimum. I actually was looking up some things real quick, Saad, then we'll go to you. I was looking up some things on some just recent thumb injuries uh, for NFL quarterbacks. And so uh, the, the Russell Wilson thing was a middle finger, and that was last year. He only missed three games. You start talking about the thumb – if, if it is the uh, – they said it was a fracture, but if it was a UCL, well, Jimmy Garoppolo has dealt with that. Drew Brees has dealt with that. One thing that I saw too, it's uh, not a household name, but John, you'll know him, Tim Boyle, 
of the Lions. He missed six to eight weeks with a thumb fracture. So I think that window is probably right. Uh, without knowing all the full inf- information of the injury, anywhere from probably four weeks to eight weeks is probably reasonable. Uh, I, I tweeted out the last uh, f- the upcoming five games for the Cowboys uh, with the basic question, can Cooper Rush uh, go win one of these games for you? Because it's Bengals, it's at the Giants, it's going to be the Commanders at the Rams, and then you have the Eagles followed up by the Lions. Uh, that would be the sixth game. You need, ideally, Cooper Rush to win two of those games. Right. You'd probably take one. So it is not good. No, and, and for me, like, you know, reference that John made for me, the reference that came to mind was from Dumb and Dumber when he says we got no food, we got yeah. no jobs, and our heads – our pets heads are falling off because that's exactly how it feels like first of all they didn't have the ingredients to begin with to have a really good season like we've been talking about that all all off season long and now once they've already started it's not just Dak I mean obviously Dak is the big one steals all the storylines but J. Ron Curse was on crutches and Connor McGovern was in a walking boot like this team is that that's two starters so there's a lot going on um I don't know. It, it feels like it, it kind of feels like the vibe of a combination of the 2015 season and also um, kind of the preseason in 2016 when Romo got hurt um, before you knew what Dak was going to be. It's kind of like that kind of vibe right now, in my opinion. And, and you know what? It's not even just about this game for me. It's it's about one of these things. I was just talking uh, to Bobby Belt about Dak right before we started uh, recording this. And it's one of those deals where it's like how many different injuries now has Dak had in just a short period of time? You know, that's where you start. I mean, this is this is your franchise quarterback, and it's it's all these different injuries to different parts of the body. And, you know, those first four years, you just assumed, oh, yeah, no, he's built like a linebacker. He's going to be fine. He'll be able to do that, which also I point out is why I don't understand the, like, absolute love that everybody has for this way that Josh Allen's playing football. I mean – I understand that it's, oh, this is so different and it's so exciting and everything. But, yeah, it's all exciting until he gets hurt and then he's now on the, on the field. You can't be stiff-arming with your throwing arm like like he was doing on Thursday night. Uh, but back to the Cowboys, like, Dak's built like a linebacker too, just like Josh Allen. And now all of a sudden it's one of these things where it's like every – it just always seems like it's something else. I mean, the throwing shoulder, the calf, obviously the ankle. Um they're just, they're just one thing after another, and that, that's what concerns you because they're only going to go as far as Dak Prescott can take them. And, and right now, we know they're not going to have him for a while, but then when he comes back, it's, it's about avoiding uh, the next injury and, and, and trying to stay healthy. So uh, that has to be a concern, too, for the Cowboys, just that it's been one thing after another. So, uh, I mean, and heck, it was, the, it was the ankle thing, you know, and, and we had just talked to Dak a little while ago, and you know, I tweeted out Jay Glazer's report this morning about how he heard a pop in the ankle and, and how the, he said that it just scar tissue or uh, and Dak doesn't understand any of that. He's, he doesn't know where that's coming from, that he didn't feel a pop and that he's sticking to what he said to us uh, on Thursday. But, you know, he looked fine in terms of his ankle, but he didn't look like he had a real rhythm with with any one of his receivers either. And, you know, so that's there's just a lot. There's a lot of concerns there. I mean, I, there's there's some positives obviously with the defense and we can talk about that and Mike and all that, but offensively, man, it's, I don't know how this just gets turned around with just a couple of, uh, uh, you know, practices and changing up some game plans and things like that. And maybe even you get Jason Peters and Michael Gallup, but I, I honestly, that, that offense looks so bad out there that 
it did remind me a little bit of 2015. Yeah, and real quick before before we move on from Dak's injury, I think, John, you mentioned this in the preview podcast about the, the factor of luck and, and how much that plays in a role for Brady. You look at how Dak hurt his hand. I mean, he's just throwing the ball, and someone's right there. And, and same thing with the ankle injury. He's just running out, and that kind of ankle injury. Same when Last season's injury as well. He's just throwing the ball around in the preseason. And it's a lot of that kind of concern of, of you know, just – the, the, the luck factor you can't really do it's not like Dax being um, careless or anything like that he's just right. playing football and he's built I mean it's not like he's like a thin guy where you're just like yeah you got to be careful you got to protect him because he's going to get thrown around out there it's like not even that it's it, and all these things the calf the the the, the throwing shoulder in, in training camp uh, last year even the ankle like on, on that tackle like it's a lot of like random freak things but I mean that's part of football and so uh yeah, it's just it's disappointing because you put so many eggs in that basket, and and he is, and he does all the right things, and he's the right kind of guy, and that you that you want to be the leader of your team and things like that. Um, but they're just, I mean, today the injury, everything, they're just, I mean, there's concerns there. Yeah, a couple things I was reading too, and again, not official, you know, uh, specifics on the injury yet as we record this on Sunday night at you know eleven thirty, right? Not so the specifics of what it is, but. Every uh, one common thing that I kept coming back to, and this was specifically with the fracture in the UCL ligament tear, um, or, or the fracture UCL uh, ligament fracture, I kept coming uh, back to 100% recovery is not going to happen. Right. You know, once you do do surgery and get them back, and I'm like, man, if he's having trouble grabbing a football, then you have that. It's not like he was the most accurate guy tonight, anyways. And that's where I want to kind of go. What you said earlier, John, about not being on the same page with the wide receivers. I don't know, like, can you expect Dak to be on the same page with Dennis Houston? They didn't play any preseason games together. They, right. Like, I, 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 we, we all knew this was coming. We, 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 everyone uh, had pretty much called this. Like, it's going to be bad on offense for a little bit. I don't know that we thought it would be that bad. And then you get the Connor McGovern thing when he gets hurt early. And by the way, guys, 10 penalties for the Cowboys. So, right. Uh, the big story of the night is Dak's hand. We will make no bones about that. Good Lord, it looks like the same crap on offense, though. You know, uh, pretty much uh, pretty much all game before the injury happened, too. Well, yeah, I mean, heck, you had, what, three of those on one series from Terrence Steele. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you know, when that's going on, that's some of the loudest boos I've heard from the home crowd. And you couple that with with the deck injury like you totally get how people view the cowboys as just like something always happens it's just it's always something with the cowboys whether it's off the field on the field whatever it's always something it honestly makes me every day that goes by that i cover this team it makes me look back and go how did they win three super bowls in four years like how did that how did that happen like because i i can't even see that anymore with this i just feel like even if you had the right head coach and, and all the, the the best talent on the field. I just feel like something is always going to go wrong. Yeah, and and real quick, KT, like you talked about all the other things that weren't wrong. Before even Dak got hurt, I turned to John and said, I think this is probably one of the worst decision-making games I've seen Dak play. Like even when he was healthy, some of those – the inter- there were so many interceptable balls before the, yeah. before the bad interception anyways. And then also that fourth down curl that he was trying to complete. 
also could have been an interception uh, later in the game. It's just, you know, Dak himself, like we can talk about the penalties, about the offensive line, about the receivers, but even Dak himself, his decision-making was not on point tonight. That interception that he threw is one of the rare times I've seen an interception where I was like, multiple guys could have picked that off at the same time. Like it was just such a bad decision and – I don't know. Maybe it's a wrong route. I don't, I don't know. You can say whatever you want about it, but when you're watching it in real time, you're just like, whoa, 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 why are you throwing? Okay, that's not and, good. And I, that was after th- when he threw that ball in triple coverage, they got tipped like three times and didn't get picked. Yeah, um, right. So, I mean, it wasn't just one pass tonight either. I, there's a part of me that felt like he just wanted to make something happen. You know, like he was like forcing, and that's not been him. You know, he, Jerry talked all offseason about how great, how one of his greatest strengths for one of Dak's greatest strengths is how he always throws to the open receiver. He always will throw, not to say there were a ton of guys that were wide open, but there were plays when he threw in the double and triple coverage, when there was something a little bit easier underneath, whether it be to Schultz or Dennis Houston or Zeke out in the flat, that was almost like he was trying to make something manufacture some big play or something that, that just it hasn't been him has he, when he's been the Cowboys franchise quarterback. I think there's a moment too, when McGovern got hurt, um, and so, so Farniok comes into the game and, and it's a high, this, ankle, like, by the way, it's a high ankle sprain for Connor McGovern. That's what Jerry told us after the game. So that's not great. Yeah. It's not good at all, but it, it definitely looked bad too. I mean, you get, got rolled up, but, but when that happened, you could kind of notice, let's not act like these guys don't know what's going on on the offensive line. I mean, right. Michael Parsons is actively tweeting to people, uh, Hey man, come on. We won't even make you go to practice. Like these guys know what's going on on the offensive line. You could notice the happy feet set in too a little bit. Now I'm not saying it's like uh, I'm not saying Connor McGovern was his whoopie or anything, and uh, right. he felt full, full. But like he knew it, it very quickly. The game turned into snap the ball, get rid of the ball as fast as you can, and he's never looked comfortable at pretty much all night. He never looked comfortable, and that's the fear outside of injury. The big fear with Dak has always been that. We've seen yep. it time and time again. We've talked about it for years. If Tyron Smith gets hurt or something happens to the offensive line, Dak gets a little happy feet going, doesn't look comfortable, cannot get into a rhythm. And then you compound that with guys just not being able to get open. And then you have uh, you know, a performance where you score three points. So I guess your best hope for the offense is that you get Gallup back and then um, you get Peters out there, which their plan all along has been for Peters. Hold on, I'm trying to set the phone down here. The plan all the plan all along is for Peters to um, have uh, two weeks before he would come and play, and then so uh, you could have him play left tackle, and you could move Tyler Smith into left guard, and then you get Gallup back. Maybe you know, maybe you're able to beat the Giants in Washington, but I, I mean, even that I think is being a little bit optimistic but that, that was my what i was thinking before that got hurt even though i started going okay so they're thinking gallop back peter's back or peter shows up and he's good and we're fine like things are fixed i mean is that the is that the strategy uh from the front office because that's all that's all you had like your arsenal was done at that point and yeah. i don't know man like it it feels like a weird campaign to run on, but uh, uh, wide receivers matter. Are we all we all good with that? We all understand. And by the way, Amari Cooper didn't have some great day for the Browns today. Lyle Collins was borderline horrible hey, for hey, the Beagles hey, today. Hey, but Amari like, Cooper, Amari Cooper didn't. He didn't. You're right. 
But I don't remember the, uh, the Cowboys offense. The Dallas Cowboys exactly. offense with Amari Cooper has never looked that bad. Never once. Never. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, now and it's also, got my head going like, are we going to give up a first rounder for a wide receiver? Like, right, but now when Dak gets hurt, that that goes off the table. That's what I was going to say, it reminds me of the Hearns times. This is what it's flashing back to. But go ahead, Todd. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying like it's it's crazy to sit there in the fourth quarter. You're down two scores, and Dak is throwing back shoulder face Dennis Houston. I mean, like. I mean, that's just malpractice on the front office, and we talked about it, that it's going to be that way. But um, but you just can't – I mean, C.D. Lamb is the only weapon that you have, and they're double covering him, which, by the way, C.D. didn't have a good game either. But, I mean, he's throwing back shoulder throws to Dennis Houston down 16 in the fourth quarter. What do you expect? Yeah, I, I don't – and there's – there's a million. Uh, there's a lot of frustration that comes from it. They paid Gallup too, so they obviously think Gallup's going to be like very, very helpful to them, and I, I, I do as well. Gallup and C.D. Lamb can go be really two good wide receivers. When and then I'm trying the, to get these, they, I'm trying to get these Super Bowl trophy. I mean, uh, banners in the background of my shot here. Yeah, we got them. All right, go on. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> rub it in. So uh, ancient folklore was that Jerry made a deal with the devil for those trophies, right? Wow. So like, I mean, that's, a, that's how it happened. I think that's about as down as I've seen him after a game. I mean, you, normally he'll wait until the game's completely over. So he'll walk out there and, 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 and talk or well walk into the locker room. And I mean, there was still like a minute or so on the clock and he was, and him and Steven and Will McClay were already walking to the locker room. So yeah, it was, uh, that's about as beaten down as I've seen Jerry, especially, especially, Week one, super optimistic, Jerry. You know, glass half full, Jerry. There was some really good television uh, by NBC. Some really good work capturing uh, the trainer coming over to Mike McCarthy, both right after it happened, okay, and then a few minutes later, and then after the game. They had three different shots of uh, someone in the medical department and one of the trainers talking to McCarthy and McCarthy's reaction being like, oh, no, what the hell? And basically just thinking about where he's going to, you know, move and live after this year. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he knows just as well as all of us do. It's pretty much over. Oh, if man. This, if this is a – if this is a – I don't want to be – The way you said it's over. No, okay, I mean, now no, you're, now you're, you're like a Michael though, Scott. Though. I know, <laughs> I mean, right? Mike it's McCarthy over. had total screwed. deer in the headlights like look on his face the entire fourth quarter. It was just like his his life was he, yeah, you're right. He was planning his vacation. It looked like you could see it. Like, I didn't I, I didn't guess, get to, like, I, I didn't get to see any of this. I went down to the locker room with a couple minutes to go. So I, I I missed out on all of this. I'm I'm so I'm okay. I'm just going to take your guys word for it. Okay, but devil's advocate, does Dak's injury maybe buy McCarthy? I mean, it bought injuries bought Garrett like what, 2 years? Um, because or suspensions and injuries combined, like Garrett should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, it's possible that you know Dak misses a lot of time, and he says, "Look, I didn't have my franchise quarterback." Oh God, I think that's actually I think that's fair, Sada. The reason I say that is because you would have to trade for Sean Payton even next year, and I don't want to get too crazy about the future right now. But like that's because it's not just some done deal that you just go pick Sean Payton, you still would have to trade for him uh, looking at the, the rules by this because he's under contract with the Saints. Weirdly, it, it doesn't all make sense to me, but that's what you would have to do. So there could be a world where it's like, man, it's just too much compensation. We'll run McCarthy back for a fourth year. But dude, I thought we were going to focus on penalties. We had 10 penalties. The Cowboys had 
Uh, let's see, fourth most penalties. Let's see, yeah, there was a team who had 13 today, a team who had 12, and then the Cowboys and the Eagles had 10, it looks like. Um, By the way, after the game, Todd Bowles... pre-snap. After the game, Todd Bowles was asked about the five penalties that the Bucks had, and he goes, that was too many. And I was just laughing because I was like, okay, yeah, five penalties was too many for the Bucks, and here the Cowboys are. They had like five on one drive. Didn't Terrence Steele have four tonight? He had yeah. three false starts and one holding, yes. What do you think Zach Martin thinks about that? Didn't you put a stat, didn't there a stat put out there last week that he's had five holdings in his whole career, something like that? It's like, dude, this this mother, this dude next to me, it's like just freaking, you know, like I bet his blood just boils sometimes. They're pretty they're pretty close. Um uh it, you know, I don't think that I think Zach knows that how talented that Zach is, you know, he's not the one that talked about, it, but I think he knows with being, he was always going to be a first round pick. He could play any offensive line position in the league. He's going, going to be in Canton one day. And I think he knows that an undrafted free agent out of Texas tech is probably not going to be as good as he is. And that there's going to be those type of growing pains. But I also kind of wonder sometimes if these guys, they'll never say it publicly, but I wonder if they sit there and think like, yeah, well, that's why we probably shouldn't have got rid of Lyle and Amari. Right. But here we are, you know, so I don't know. You, you know, that first drive, they, they actually, you know, moved the ball a little bit. There was a uh, there was a conversion to Noah Brown. I think they hit Dennis Houston. Had a couple yeah. first downs, and that was a clean drive. And then after that, there was a handoff to Zeke on, I think this was the second drive. So you got second and three coming off. You just got seven yards. You got second and three, and then false start, second and eight. And, you know, the pass protection, uh, there were issues there. Dak was bad. They couldn't get anybody open. That was all game. There's another play. It was a they dumped it off to Tony Pollard. Uh, he got five yards, whatever. So you got second and five coming up. But no, no, we had an illegal man downfield. So first and fifteen, and then you run it. And you're looking at second and twelve, and it just it was it, it almost like they didn't come in. in the, at least in the first half, they didn't come into hordes. It was just like one per drive, and every time it ruined the drive. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also like if we, we're looking we at this, oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say, we mentioned this before the season started, that uh, Kellen Moore is going to have to pick up the slack a little bit too. And I thought that first drive, I mean, I, I understand everyone's been talking about getting Tony Pollard the ball, but double reverses and, and all whatever he was doing, like that's not the only way to get Tony Pollard involved. If I was looking at bright spots, I'm trying to think, of, other than obviously Micah Parsons, Maher Zeke made his good. kick. Zeke looked pretty good. Maher made his kick. Um, I thought Dennis Houston looked pretty good. Um, Noah Brown, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. But here's the thing with Noah Brown. Yeah. If that's like your third or fourth receiver, but Micah, they him. Micah's a, a, a monster. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. What he was doing yeah. was single handedly. He was keeping, yeah, keeping him in keeping the game, the game yeah. close. Absolutely. You know? I mean, he was providing false hope for anyone who bought a ticket to go out there, you know? But, like, the, the thing about this is, like, the defense can keep you in games. We know that. And that's yeah. where I was thinking if Gallup and Peters come in, were they thinking, okay, well, the defense we know can do that. you you got to find a way to go score 20 points every week, though. It's the NFL. Right. You have to. And it looked so bleak at uh, a lot of times tonight. And it's going to look that, oh, my God, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse for – the next month or more because Dak's going to be out for so long. Well, and you bring up a, that's a great point that you made KT. Cause I'll be honest with you, but that, when that happened, I'm going down the elevator, I'm trying to like 
get in position to, you know, be wherever Jerry is and, and hear from people and things like that and try and get the latest. I'm not even thinking of the big picture, but you're absolutely right with a throwing hand thing like that. Like even after he comes back, that's going to be a concern because of the touch on the ball, gripping the ball, you know, the accuracy, things like that. Like this isn't going to be something that's just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, he's back after four weeks surgery. Good. Here we go. He's back to being what he was to start the season, you know. I'm telling you, this is this feels just like 2015 when Romo got hurt, and they're like, he's going to be back. It's going to be later in the year, and you know, he came back, and and he he didn't even survive one game on Thanksgiving yeah. against Carolina. But that this is kind of how it feels in terms of you know the the overall vibe. Yeah. Can't you see the division being uh, being winnable at Thanksgiving though? Can't you see us sitting there going, well, if you get to seven wins, you got a chance to win the NFC East. Like, I honestly, like I, I don't think they do anymore. Not after this. I, I think it's the Eagles, and it's not really not that close to me. The Eagles farted around with the Lions today. Let's not lose track of that, John. They did, but that offense looked like it was. It clearly looked like it was the best offense in in, in this division. I'm not. Oh, I didn't yeah. say anything about the Eagles going deep in the playoffs. I didn't say anything about the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. We're going for the, the smallest step of all small steps, you, winning the NFC East. I think that they're clearly the favorites right now, and it's not close. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, uh, are there um, any, um, let me just kind of throw this out there, maybe a little early for this. Maybe we get into this later in the week when we start previewing the Bengals and all that stuff. Anything that you do, or are you just going to sit here and say Cooper Rush and Will Greer have at it? I mean, you can make phone calls. You can try to salvage things. It's yeah, that so won't cool. happen. It, it'll be Cooper Rush. It'll be Cooper Rush for sure. It, it's not even – it Will Greer, I don't even think, is even in, in consideration. It's Cooper Rush's job. And, and now if he looks awful against the Bengals, which, to be honest with you, is it possible that he could look worse and the offense could look worse than it did today? I mean, I guess anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, in that but, scenario, yes, it's possible, but it's not – yeah, it's going to be tough. Let me – can I just I'm, – I'm, I'm spitballing here. These okay. are not good options. These guys would be starting quarterbacks if they were good options. Okay. Okay. 
Pittsburgh, they start Trubisky for now, and they have Kenny Pickett. So you have Mason Rudolph if you wanted to make a phone call to him. No. Uh, Continue. Next one. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Mike White's with the Jets, but he's probably going to start over Joe Flacco next week. So right. Guy, um, I don't think you'll give me an option that they're going to feel better than Cooper Rush. And when I say better than about Cooper Rush, I mean because of the fact of Cooper Rush having been in the system, they feel comfortable with him. He got thrown into the fire against Minnesota. They were able to win that game on the road. Uh, and plus, I, they feel that their defense is even better than it was a year ago, you know? Because um, here's the thing, like, yeah, losing J. Ron Curse. I mean, J. Ron Curse was, I mean, this is, he, was, he was limping pretty bad, walking on crutches. Like, it looks like he's going to miss some time. Uh, but at least there, you have Malik Hooker. You have Donovan Wilson. You have Israel Mukwamu. You have Marquise Bell. So I, I feel like on defense, they feel like they can hang with teams. It's just about how do you score any points with this offense? You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's the big issue there. So, yeah, uh, and you, well, yeah, Nick full, but you brought up like Jimmy Garoppolo and like there, there are guys that might be more talented, but again, to go back to 2015, when they traded for Matt Castle, it's like, you know, he could be a better quarterback, quote unquote, but, but again, you're coming in cold Turkey and trying to learn the whole offense and do everything else with it. I don't think that works. They, they, they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and he takes him to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like like Nick Foles style where we're just like, what is, what? How did this happen? No, I'm just, that's not happening. I mean, not, that's not happening. They're not going to the Super Bowl, but also they're not going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, let's go out of the league. Cam Newton and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Why? Well, but because we don't have a quarterback. I mean, no offense. Fitzpatrick's to, uh, more likely than Garoppolo or... Any of those other guys. Foles. Yeah, Foles fun. ain't an option. Look, the, 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 this, is, this, is, this, is where, this is where the things that truly matter to Jerry do come into play to me, though. Your team no longer – like Cowboys-Bengals would – no matter – like if Dak would not have gotten hurt, Cowboys-Bengals would be a big deal next week, right? That's, that's Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not now. It doesn't matter. No. Like, like, like it's super, uh, and we'll all watch it because we're all sick in the head and stuff, right? We're all going to watch right. it and it's our job too. But like Cowboys fans too are going to watch it because they love them, the Cowboys. Dude, I was looking at the games for next week. That game didn't even crack the radar. There's five other games I can name off the top of my head right now that are more important. And this is where the Cowboys slide off the top stories on all these stupid uh, you know, debate shows that everyone's on and things like that. The Cowboys right. start to fall down the list in the pecking order. You think Jerry doesn't care about that? He absolutely does. He had Stephen A. Smith out to the star last week. So my right. point of it is like you're 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 gonna get ir- ir- irrelevant, so like, you know, why not call Cam Newton and have fun? I don't know. Let's <laughs> get a story going. Otherwise you're just gonna be going, dude, a Cooper Rush quarterback team, I bet you like I bet you like fans most NFL fans, like you've polled every NFL fan out there, like 90% of them wouldn't even know who Cooper Rush was. Like they'd never heard of him. What's the amount of games you're comfortable with Cooper Rush? One. Zero? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like three. Like if I know Dak's going to yeah. be back in four weeks, I'm, I'll, I'll roll with Cooper for three weeks and then Dak comes back. But if, if Dak's longer than a month, then I'm going and trying to find maybe somebody. I, I agree. And the other part of it is too is that um, if Cooper Rush is really bad, I think that they would give uh, Will Greer an opportunity. And I'm not say, I'm not saying that it's going to be mm. significantly better. I just think it's one of those things where it could be kind of a change up, just because he is yeah. a different style of quarterback. You know, he's he's going to run a little bit more. He's going to sling it. He's going to 
he's going to give you a, a higher chance of turning the ball over, you know, where Cooper Rush is going to be a little bit safer and, and, and you know, with the ball. And uh, I think that's why they prefer him to be honest with you is because they feel good about their defense and they're like, well, he's probably not going to give, turn the ball over too much. Um, so I, I don't, I just, I, I would be very surprised if they, I mean, again, here's the thing. This is a team that didn't make any significant additions in the off season with the current team they had. Why would they all of a sudden now go make some significant addition at quarterback? Like that just would go against everything that they're, Hey, they're draft and develop. Okay. So they're developing. Ben DiNucci. Well, he's the last quarterback they drafted. Yeah, DiNucci, get I mean, back out here. Yeah, gee whiz. I'm sorry, Saab, but all I keep picturing in my head, and, and I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, I'm not trying to laugh, but I just, I'm picturing Mike McCarthy walking in the locker room, like that exact Michael Scott thing going, I just got to put on a brave face, and just standing in front of them and going, it's over. <laughs> we are screwed. <laughs> We're screwed. Dude, watch the... John, will we get done with this? I'm serious. Get on Twitter. People have already screen capped it. Watch the few instances where he's being notified that what's yeah. going down. I mean, the look of disgust, fear, future <laughs> uncertainty, like all of yeah, it. Yeah, because it's all encapsulated. Like you, go, you go to Saturday's game uh, between Texas and Alabama, and Quinn Ewers is balling. You see him go down, and you're like, oh, that looks like that's a shoulder or a clavicle or something. But it's, it's at least the non-throwing shoulder, you know, and yeah. – when it's your throwing shoulder or your throwing arm, elbow, you know, and then the worst finger would be is your thumb. That's the worst. I mean, that, it's going to be so difficult to grip the football. Uh, yeah, man, that's just uh, I'm trying to think of a positive to, to spin on this. I, I just I can't come up with anything. This is this is as I did not I did not walk into this building today thinking that any of this was even a possibility. I didn't think that the Cowboys would win. But I thought it would be like, you know, 27, 21, you know, uh, you know, maybe 21, 17 or something. Uh, I, I knew there'd be rust. None of these guys were really playing in the preseason. I, I knew there was going to be some of that. Uh, but I just I, I never thought it would be as bad as it looked today. And then that's before, you know, Dak obviously fractures his thumb. Yeah, that uh, so I think that's the year. If I if I if I have this right, so the year that um, uh, Drew Brees uh, hurt his thumb, yeah, I think he missed like two. a month. Yeah, did he come back and like? I think he. I think he missed more than that. But let a me, friend uh, of mine I'm that's a Saints fan texted me and said he he missed four games. He could be wrong though. So that was in week two of 2019, right? I don't so, remember. Uh, yeah, so they said uh, at the time it was it said six to eight weeks was the minimum because of the the ligament damage, but. Again, we, again, we're still talking about like a difference in a fracture. Uh, I don't know. I like, wish we, we got to get some more information. We'll know. Uh, Dak tomorrow. did say it was like clean break for whatever. He did that's say, worth. yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that's worth, but but he always is. He tries to be as positive as possible. I mean, that's just how he is as a person. If so he, it's like if he if you break your hand, you're gonna want this break right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, no, he's just saying it's like good. it could have been it could have been yeah. even worse type thing. But he originally thought that it was jammed, you know, it was like a jammed finger and that, Hey, I'm going to go over the trainers. They can, you know, pop it out. But when they looked at it, they were like, nah, we better get some x-rays on this. And you know, the rest is history. That 2019 saints team had Teddy Bridgewater. And of course, Taysom Hill. Uh, it looks like, uh, Teddy Bridgewater played five games and went five and zero for them. Okay. 
So maybe investing in a backup quarterback's a, a good idea. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that topic because I kind of am just a big believer. If your quarterback gets hurt, it's you're, it's over and you're screwed. Right. So why waste a bunch of money? But there are a lot of teams who, like the Dolphins, who have paid uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, like you know, ten million dollars to be the backup there. And you have right. to, you have to go Dolphins all or nothing. Highly paid backup, you know, for uh, for the Saints, you know, so. Yeah, I think you have to go all or nothing if you're if you're doing the backup quarterback thing. Like you're either you're either investing a lot or you're investing nothing at all. You don't just do like a three, four, five million. You're either, like it's either Cooper Rush or it's Teddy Bridgewater. My big thing is, what backup would you get that you think is going to be better than than Dak going into today's game? Not injured, going into the day's game. No, nobody. And look at how Dak looked with that offense. So even if you got whoever you want to pick out of all these guys, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, why would you think it's going to be any better than what we just saw today? They clearly I, I don't think, have the receivers. They don't have the options on the perimeter. This isn't like last year and two years ago when you have Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, where you're like, hey, the playmakers are out there. Obviously, you know, he's not going to be whatever the quarterback is and going to be able to make all the plays that Dak can. But we can move the ball. We got a good defense, whatever. It was terrible today, that offense. And, and and so bad that it even had me thinking, like, how much better is this with Peters and Michael Gallup? Like, obviously, I think it'll be better, but I don't think it's going to be significantly better. Which I think the level of the conversation is, going into this thing was, uh, well, they haven't done anything to keep up with the Bucks or the Packers or the Rams or whatever you think the NFC right. contenders is, and it's wide open. Right. But they have, through the sheer power of Dak alone, Probably enough to get by in a bad division, which right. the division may be better than we think. I, I you know, uh, uh, the Giants in Washington, I think, are, are at least improving a little bit. We saw what the Eagles did today, but that that was that's where the the conversation was always about winning the division and making the playoffs. Right. Being a contender, I think that's why we were all kind of looking around, kind of raising our hands, like, "Hey, the NFC's kind of open." Yeah, uh, if you if you if you look at it, you know, but and, and hey, and leave it to Jerry after the game. You know, he's as down as ever and talking about how yeah, but all we'll have all this back by January. Like the, like January football, well, January football might be meaningless. So I don't even I don't, I don't know how you can you talk get about to January, January right first. Now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dude, I don't. He, he's so optimistic because. Uh, uh, I mean, look, he's a guy who won't even like buckle his seatbelt when he's driving. He'll buckle it so the alarm doesn't go off, and then he'll sit on the seatbelt. So, like, like he, he comes from such good fortune over the last 30 years, 40 years, that he can't help but be optimistic because his life is good. He has good things, you know? He might not be so damn optimistic if some bad things would actually happen. But they and, don't. and to be honest with you, I think that that factors in when you talk about him as the general manager. As the owner, I would say, okay, well, why don't you show me the owner of any professional sports team that really has it that bad? But as the GM, sure. where I think that your point is very valid, KT, is that when you are a normal general manager of any sports team, you feel that pressure. Like you would be feeling a lot of pressure right now. Like maybe we need to go out and get another quarterback because if we don't win some games and look better than this, I'm out. I don't have a job. Like I'm out at the end of the season. They're going to, and they're not just replacing the coach. They're replacing me too. And they're going to go in another direction. Like, so you're coaching for your job or, or I'm sorry, you're managing for your job, but 
Jerry's not managing for his job. <laughs> Jerry's not going anywhere. Dude, I also, like, you're thinking about all that, and I'm, as I'm looking at you, I know we have people listening to the uh, to this podcast, but, <laughs> you know, I can see the rafters of the stadium behind you. Yeah, I'm, gonna, Man, I'm trying that, to get him to open the roof for us. Sorry. That, that punt on the video board, that punt was still going up. Like, it wasn't like the guy, like, Hey, man, I really got a hold of that yeah. one. It's an outlier punt. That was what a, a beautiful st- stadium. Seriously, <laughs> this stadium deserves better. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. For, for the people who are watching on yeah. uh, uh, watching on the video <laughs> stream, John shows us uh, that. But like that punt was on the way up, and I was like, oh, okay. And then we're gonna re- redo the punt, and then <laughs> I thought they were gonna call roughing the kicker, and then the Bucks were going to get to extend the drive. But they ended up doing running into the kicker. But if it was rough in the kicker, the Bucks extended the drive because the Cowboys scoreboard. It's just like another game at home where the <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the act your the literal stadium, stadium screwed you over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually the first time it's happened in the regular season. It happened in the playoffs and it's happened in the preseason. But that's I, I oh wow that's first first regular season. That's what at least what was being said in the press box. So. <laughs> Dude, that thing was on the way up still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like what are we doing? I, uh, I, I, the defense. I do think we should talk uh, about them a little bit. I thought Trayvon Diggs too was pretty good. I know in run support really? he's going to drive people crazy. I actually, no, did. So I, I, th- I, I felt like they were. I felt like they were running at him. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, no, the run support stuff though. But we know that it's part of the game. Like, it is a part of the game. But I it's felt. Also- I felt more so than other teams. They were trying to put him in positions to make tackles. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like, no, like they, had, quite, like they had done, like like that was part of their game plan. That's the way I felt. Well, there are two or three really good pass breakups that were like, I mean, it was spur of the moment type thing where he got there and got a hand in there and broke. Absolutely, it up that, no, know. there's no question. Yeah, his athleticism is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, will be paying him for true, you know? true. But I uh, thought he was fine. I didn't. I didn't think it was one of his best games. I thought he was fine. Well, what do you think about the defense as a whole? I thought number 11 was great. That's about it. I thought Anthony I expect, Brown. I, ex- I expected a lot more pressure. Let's put it to you that way. With who they were starting, then they lose They lose Donovan Smith. I thought it was going to be tee-off season. And and it, it made me think, okay, if you didn't have this freak show in Micah Parsons, Tom Brady's still probably not getting hit with four backups and, and one starter. Yeah, I thought, I thought that first drive, Tom Brady sat in there and threw that deep ball. Um, that that was very indicative of kind of how the game went overall. I thought Demarcus Lawrence obviously had a good play there at the beginning as well. Um, right. But you know Anthony Brown last year he was getting picked on by Antonio Brown. This year you know there was that one drive where Brady was just going at him, um, and and you know that's just I believe it was with Mike Evans if I'm not mistaken. So um, you know it, it was tough uh, other than Micah Parsons and a little flash of Demarcus Lawrence as well. And I don't know, like, I, we talked a little bit earlier, you thought Zeke looked good. We've talked about that, I feel yeah. like, for years now. Zeke, when he's fresh, it does feel like Zeke looks you know, look, looks pretty good. I still think they, they're they having uh, issues with just identifying how to use Tony Pollard. Yeah. And you don't want him in uh, pass protection that often. Yeah, that's a good point. that would yeah. be a problem. We saw that. We all yep. know that. Right. And you saw it tonight, for sure. Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know what to think, though. Like I don't. When your offense is so bad, it's just easy. That it's just one game, or right? it's real easy to go. Okay, well, here's it. It, it all sucked, right? Yeah. I, I guess what I would say is like, I don't know that 
running the ball a lot more helps you, especially when you're pretty uh, penalty prone as well. When you throw that in there, but I, I don't know if they were having enough success on the ground where it was like, well, maybe if they would have been uh, running the ball a little bit more, they could have even at the time of possession, and maybe they could have sustained a couple of drives and and got a few more points and and had a chance, you know, because. Yeah. It's not like this game was a blowout the whole time. It was from a if you're just watching it and going, well, they're not going to score any points. No, it absolutely but should have been though. This this soon game as Dak should have been went right, out of the game, twenty-seven to three, right? But I'm saying oh. even in the first half, it could have been if not for Micah Parsons. This game is probably there. I mean, they're scoring at least one touchdown on on one, if not two, on those two drives where he got the sacks back to back. They're gonna they're, so they're getting at least at least four more points, if not seven. Here- uh, or eight, sorry. Yeah, and here's the here's the crazy thing. The Bucks in the first half, they went they did not punt a single possession, but yeah. they had the missed field goal and then the rest of them were uh converted field goals and there were four of them. So five possessions, they were all in scoring range. They didn't punt the entire first half. And and, and generally speaking, and this kind of goes back to the last time I was in this building for a game, and that's when all the momentum was on the Cowboys side. And Bosa wasn't out there, and Warner wasn't out there for the for the 49ers. And this building's rocking, and you have, like I said, all the momentum. Teams, especially good teams, take advantage of that in their building. And when Micah has those back-to-back plays, there's a missed field goal in there. This place is rocking. You have to take advantage of that. I don't care who's on your offense. If you're a good football team, you take and you use that momentum, and, and you get something out of it. You just you have to get something. You have to get something going and help. You know, go into halftime only down three. You know, or something. And there was just no answer at all. It was like it was like Micah's two huge plays were for nothing. Well, and the other, the other thing too, like, I'm sorry, it's going to end up going back to the offense because that's the issue right now. Jalen Tolbert inactive. Which, right, you know, uh, you had kind of, I think on our last podcast, you mentioned like, hey, there's a chance he doesn't suit out. Uh, yeah. That, that's highly disappointing. And it's like, whoa, so he couldn't even beat out, you know, a Dennis Houston or like maybe not even that, like someone on the team. It, it, is that issue just like not picking up a playbook, just not doing anything, not helping on special teams, all Steven, of it? Steven said Friday on ESPN San Antonio that, they have some regrets about how much they put how much they put on his uh, shoulders going into training camp in terms of, you know, Mike McCarthy talks about he wants his receivers to know every position outside and in the slot. And it sounds like they have some regrets about how much they put on his plate uh, and are trying to it sounds like dial it back so that he can focus on uh, the way Steven made it sound like was that Dennis Houston, Simi Fajoko and Jalen Tolbert we're going to be used in like certain situations, depending on who the matchup was like the teams they were playing against. And that just seems very surprising to me because I thought it wouldn't matter. I thought Jalen Tolbert, I'm not saying that he would have been their number two or three. Well, I thought he would be when their number two or number three receiver. Um, and that doesn't appear to be the case right now. And so, um, yeah, they need Michael Gallup back as soon as possible, but even, even with him, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues here. I, I, I can't think of a time since 2015 where Cowboys fans are, are, are more down than they are right now. Yeah, by the way, other than Micah Parsons, maybe the only other player that you felt excited about was Kevontae Turpin. It was not oh. Turpin time at oh all. My. 
at any that, point throughout the that entire was not, night. Yeah, nothing about that. And then the fact that he didn't get worked into the offense at all, that, that they made it sound like that that was going to be a part of the game plan and there was nothing there. And then on the returns, you were just like, okay, well, there's clearly something different between the preseason and the regular season. So, um, yeah, that didn't – and I'm not sitting here saying, oh, well, I thought there'd be at least one house call. I'm talking about just like one yeah. big return that just kind of flips the field, you know. That's why I kept saying keep it close. Maybe just one punt return. Uh, right. Uh, the other thing, though, um, you said uh, something like since 2015. I would say Dak's injury in 2020, right? Okay. Week week five, uh, Giants, right? That that's the that's the other down moment. Yeah, that's that's, that's safe the to more say. recent downer. That's moment. true. That's true. That's true. I'll give where, you that. Where you might have came on a podcast and said. That's the lowest I've seen Jerry. Like that one, the Dak thing point. in 2020. But That's a good point, yeah. I do agree with you guys. The The feelings of 2015, your missed opportunity in 2014, just like last year that we're feeling into 20. It, it does it like 2017 to me. The, 20, the, the wide receiver strategy does remind me of 2017. I, I, the roster I just feels just like that. It feels that. almost identical to that. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't say that. Their defense, oh, better is a defense. Lot better. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean offensively. So I'm, I'm thinking of. there was not, there hasn't been anybody like Mark, Micah Parsons on this defense since Demarcus Ware. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hard hitting football question for you. Let's go. What's up with the uh, visor for Zeke? You can wear a visor now. I didn't know this. Uh, I think that he was always able to, as long as it's, it's not like a mirror one. As long as it's not a mirror, you can wear a visor. I don't ever I remember so. him wearing a wearing a he's visor. Wore a clear, awesome. He's wore a clear one. I think maybe this is when he's okay. Sorry, I thought he. Did I thought wear there a was a rule money. because Des always wanted to wear it and he never could. Oh well, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, there had been in the past about like you have to have it for a reason. Like uh, you have to have like a doctor's reason for it. For, okay, you know whatever you can. He got a migraine. He got or, a doctor's note. To, doctor's uh, note saying chief shield ezekiel ezekiel elliott can wear a <laughs> visor for eyes ezekiel elliott looks really sweet with this visor See, i'm not a huge fan of the of that new helmet like it just i don't know like i like i kind of like the old helmet he wore i thought zeke looked like he worked his ass the off Power in the off season he looked like oh, a freaking yeah, yeah yeah he looked like master chief out there he looked yeah physically no no, no yeah 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 for sure for sure, but I mean, if you go back and watch the first few games of last season, he looked pretty good there too. But it was that Week Four against Carolina mm-hmm. where he gets a knee injury, and he just doesn't look the same after that. But going into last season, I thought early on, I thought Zeke looked pretty good last season too. Hey, do you feel bad for Mike McCarthy because he is kind of being? I think he. Up I think here. I think Saad was right. I think he gets a an excuse with Dak. So I mean, I'd feel bad for him if they were getting their ass kicked and Dak was still around because then he would definitely be gone but i feel like True. he's gonna get cut a break because of this in the end yeah i mean i guess i guess a little bit i see where you're coming from kt i don't know it's i just feel like that with all these guys it's just part of the business you know and it's hard for me to feel too bad just because of the fact that obviously he's pay, being paid very well um and and he has won a super bowl you know he has been to the mountaintop there's a lot of guys that coach in this league that are good coaches that never even get there so he has had that success. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you'd like to see him get a chance uh, coaching in this season with, with the, you know, a healthy roster to see what they can do. But I mean, they know going into a season that that's always going to be part of it, you know? 
Yeah, but not even just the healthy roster. I mean, the Cowboys just didn't go grocery shopping, and they stuck him into a kitchen and, and yeah. are asking him to make something, and, and uh, that's even with full health. So, I mean, we, we talked about it before before the season started that once the season got going, we're going to start you know analyzing the mistakes and all this stuff, but it all comes down to the fact that the, the front office did not go grocery shopping, and now now it's uh, now it's a problem. I will say this too, thinking about you bringing up the Mike McCarthy thing, something I, I, I was thinking about uh, as Sai was responding there is that, you know, I think that the way I feel about the Cowboys coaching position is it's, it's probably the best feeling uh, better than winning a Super Bowl with any other team. If you can win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, but I think a lot of the minutia and a lot of the day-to-day stuff you deal with, makes it like one of the least attractive jobs, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I think that you, yeah, and you're willing to do it because, yeah, obviously, you know, you're paid well, but all these coaches are paid well, but you're also doing it because the mountaintop is the best mountaintop. Like, if you can win it with them, it just, it means, it means a little bit more, especially every year that goes by that they don't win it. Whoever that next coach is that takes this team to a Super Bowl championship, I mean, you're just, to have that on your resume, you're just not going to be, there's nothing that's going to compare to it. But the day-to-day stuff you have to deal with to get to that climb, it just, that seems like an absolute it, beat. It's like the lottery. It's like the lottery. You just keep, like, it keeps building up and building up. Yeah. yeah. But, he, doesn't, he doesn't come across as, like, a guy who's, like, dying to, like, oh, go do TV after it's all no, done. No, like, no, you no, know, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, it truly, there's a lot about that barn that's not true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but truly sure. did a thing out in the barn. Like yeah, uh, Jason Garrett was the only one out of the eight analysts on the Sunday Night Football pregame show to pick the Cowboys, uh, and he did call them the Dallas Football Cowboys. I'm just I like to get fill you guys in on some of the things that happened on the I, TV. I, no, podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, just a, a couple observations. He was the one of the uh, of the eight. Uh, Tony Dungy, former Bucks coach, picked the Bucks. Of course. The other thing is, uh, I mean, maybe we're going to have them on on Wednesday. The frog that was in Chris Collinsworth's throat will join us on the podcast. Oh, that's cool. So uh, and that was. Just I just want to hear. I just want to hear him talk more about how great it is that Josh Allen's just out there, just bulldozing people, and he's just, he's just having fun. Yeah, they, <laughs> hey, they're the Super Bowl favorites. Is the Collinsworth has- commentary that hard hitting that there's no backup. They can they can flex him when the guy literally can't talk and his job is to talk. I mean, dude, it's audio. Homie ran out of homie ran out of sick days or something. Oh my goodness, he should not have been on the air. It was <laughs> so wild. Didn't he call a game like a couple days ago or something? I don't know. Yeah, I called yeah, the last I mean, uh, Bills Rams game. Yeah, two games in three days. Well, guys, that was not good. Uh, and the news not. after it's uh, so bad. We will catch up though. Uh, later in the week, because uh, we'll still, you know, get you ready for Cowboys and Bengals, and we'll have the latest on on the DAC injury. Uh, I would assume we we'll get some more information after the surgery and things like that. Uh, closing thoughts, John? Uh no, I think we pretty much touched on everything. It's 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 not good, you know, and it sucks that it's week one because this is when you want to have the most optimism. You want to have something to look forward to, something to watch, you know. When, when you're working that nine to five that you really don't like that much, you're just like, yeah, but if I get to the weekend, you know, I want to watch the NFL. I want to watch the Cowboys play and, and just where they're at right now. I, I don't see how many people can be very excited about that. Breaking news from Todd Archer reporting uh, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Okay. I, I, let me, let's just uh, stretch that schedule out a little bit. So that takes you to the lions um, and then that gets you to your 
the the Bears on the 30th, then you get a bye week. So you're probably looking for him to come back if we're going six to eight weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six. Probably Green Bay, November 13th after the bye week. Ooh, okay. It's rough. Cold, cold weather on a thumb. Is that good for you? Um, it'll be the Vikings after that. So Bengals, Giants, uh, Commanders at the Rams, at the Eagles, Lions. There's your next six. Then the Bears after that. I would say, though, you know, two or three of those teams may not be good at all. So right. Get two of them and keep your head above water. What? Well, if that's if that is the scenario and he's out that long, what it'll just come down to is that when he comes back, they'll basically be in a situation where they're going to have to almost win out. You know, where they're going to have to, and I don't mean win every single game, but they're going to have to win almost all of them. You know, and so there'll be some hope, but it's yeah, it's not going to be ideal. Man, that is just such a bummer, and it was. Already going to be a bummer of a night, just knowing where it was going, but goodness. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we'll uh, side you have any closing thoughts, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just, uh, you know, watching the early game, and I was thinking, man, the Bengals coming to AT&T Stadium next week have this long snapper injury they're dealing with, and uh, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go, the Cowboys are without their starting quarterback. So, yeah, kind of crazy how the ta- turntable turns, as Michael Scott well, would got- say. <laughs> The goat, Michael Scott, the goat. <laughs> it's the Lyle Collins revenge game next week. We'll have a more for more on that next week, uh, guys. When I'm down, games. I like watching The Office, and I think Sod feels the same way. So, if you're depressed about this season right now, go get some medicine from Michael Scott. That's, that's right. my best. That's, that's a, my best advice. That, that's never a bad plan. Um, well, we'll uh, we'll catch up. Uh, keep following uh, John and Todd and everyone, of course. On, yeah, don't uh, give up on me, guys. I'm still writing stories over here. Okay, I yeah, don't them. give up on him. just because the season's over. Don't yeah. give up on John. I'm gonna try um, and be as creative as possible with my writings. <laughs> um, and maybe, hey, maybe maybe surgery happens. Uh, uh, Todd Archer's pretty, uh, you know, pretty good. But uh, maybe, maybe the uh, maybe something changes. Maybe he's back in four weeks. You know, there's there's look. Don't give up on us just yet. Is what we're saying. Right. Uh, Father John Mashoda, Saad Youssef, our producer, Kent Garrison. Uh, thank you so much. We're sorry it didn't go well tonight. But we'll be back later in the week, and maybe we'll see if we can drum up some optimism for Cowboys Bengals. You've been listening to About Them Cowboys. Bye. I appreciate your tenderness. <laughs>